Tonight, I want to talk to you about deepening your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I, this is not a subject that, um, you know, that I feel like I'm an expert on. We're all, we all learning, right? We're all growing and, and getting uh, stronger in our relationship with God, hopefully. You know, but, you know, deepening your relationship with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, how long you've been a Christian, we could grow further, right? And, um, and tonight I want to talk to you about that, uh, about deepening your relationship with God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14, it says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I want to bring your attention to the particular phrase in that verse that says, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Paul was talking about having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I've been thinking a lot lately in the last few months, just thinking about the Holy Spirit. Because I think, you know, of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, the Holy Spirit a lot of times gets ignored. We talk about the Father, and of course we talk about Jesus, and obviously we should, right? But do you know that the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Godhead? And that it's not a two-part Godhead, it's a three-part. And the third part of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. Crickets? 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 The Holy Spirit. I want to draw to your, your attention to the Holy Spirit and talk about the Holy Spirit. And I think when you talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes. And we need, listen, we can't, we can't live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so what does fellowship with the Holy Spirit mean? I think it means this. I think it means having a close, intimate, and personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. It means to be closely connected to the Holy Spirit, that it has overwhelming control and influence over our life. You know, the Holy Spirit, when we get saved, we get the Holy Spirit, right? Is that right, saints? When you get saved, you, you are now endued with power from on high. The Holy Spirit is in you. But the Holy Spirit is not meant to put on a shelf after you become a Christian. The Holy Spirit is meant to rule and reign and control our lives. Amen? And so, you know, fellowship with the Holy Spirit is having a relationship. It means to break bread and have communion with someone. Listen, you never sit down at a table and break bread with people you don't know. You, you sit down at the table and you break bread with friends. When you have communion, when you have fellowship with people. Amen? Fellowship was the practice of the early church. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 42, it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. So fellowship with the Holy Spirit means we commune with the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and we pay attention to the Holy Spirit. I mean, imagine if Tanya and I would be married, but I would give her no attention. If I would give, if I wouldn't fellowship with her, if I wouldn't speak to her, if there was no interaction between her and I, what kind of marriage would that be? That's not a marriage. That's roommates. Come on. Y'all with me tonight? God didn't put a man and woman together to be roommates. He put us together to have fellowship, to have intimacy. Amen. 
And the Holy Spirit's design is for us to have fellowship with Him. Amen? And, and our relationship to the Holy Spirit is a lot like our relationship with human beings. I mean, we know some people like, you know, just casually, you know, like, uh, what, let's see, what's your name? I, I think I've seen you before. That's not very intimate, right? And then there's some people we say, oh yeah, I met you the other day. Your name is, you know, John or whatever, right? And then there's some people you meet and you're like, hey, you know, what's going on? Let me give you a hug. There's a closer connection. And then with your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, oh my goodness, that's a whole nother level, right? And listen, the Lord don't want us to have an acquaintance with his spirit. He wants us to have a relationship with his Holy Spirit. Amen. He wants us to have close intimacy. He wants us to have a connection with his spirit. Amen. Y'all still with me? And so why is fellowship of the Holy Spirit so important? If you think about it, it determines the quality and depth of your relationship to God. Now listen, some of you may be new in your relationship with God, but you can't grow in your relationship with God without having a closer fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in and in truth. You can't, you can't divorce, you can't abort the Holy Spirit from Christianity, although I think as a whole, the church has. And I think it's time we invite him back in. Come on, I think it's time that we invite him to have a seat at the table, Amen. How dare we tell the Holy Spirit he's not welcome and we don't give him control of our lives? You know, basically what we're saying is, God, sit down right there and I'll tell you whenever you're welcome to come in. No, no, my saints. No, no, my brothers and sisters. No, no, we need to welcome the Holy Spirit. We need a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We need to invite the Holy Spirit because your level of intimacy with God is determined by your relationship to the Holy Spirit. Amen? The closer your intimacy with the Spirit, the closer your intimacy with God. Amen? And so we have to grow. So the stronger your relationship with the Spirit, the stronger you are in God. How many of you want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might? You know, so listen, so there, you know, there are many Christians, I believe, that live discouraged, they live defeated, and I think primarily it's because they don't have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, amen? And so if you want to live victorious, if you want to overcome, you have to open up and embrace the Holy Spirit. So how do you deepen our relationship with the Holy Spirit? There are three ways, I think, that I want to talk about tonight. Number one, we have to understand the role of the Holy Spirit. Number two, we have to understand the personality of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, we have to develop better relational skills with the Holy Spirit. You know, some people have relational skills. They know how to connect with people. And some people, they're like a blank wall. You talk to them and it's like, you know, like Motel 6, the light's on, but nobody's home. Amen. You got to develop your relational skills, right? So let's unpack those three ideas. The first one is we have to understand the role of the Holy Spirit. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? Well, Jesus explains it in John 16, and he says in verse 5, but, but now I'm going to him who sent me. He's talking to his disciples about going, getting crucified, right? I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you're going. 
But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. They were grieving that he was going to leave. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Right? You got that? So Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. Question for you. Who is the helper? Who is the helper? So Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit is not going to come to you. But if I go away, the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. And by the way, it's going to be to your advantage. Amen? Come on, are y'all with me out there? So who is the helper? The helper is the Holy Spirit. Now the helper is a parakletos in the Greek, and it means the advocate, the, the intercessor the comforter. In verse 13 of John 16, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and it will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. Now he talks about five roles right here. The first one is he says he will guide you into all truth. How many of you want to be in truth? You see, as Christians, you can walk around with lies. Just because you're a Christian don't mean you don't have strongholds. You don't have mental strongholds that hold you in darkness. If you want to walk in truth, you need the Holy Spirit because he guides you in truth. Amen. Number two, whatever he hears, he speaks to you. How many of you want to know what the, what the Holy Spirit has to say? right? Number three, he will disclose to you what is to come. In other words, he'll tell you about the future. You want to know about the future? The Holy Spirit knows the future. Amen. And then number four, he will always glorify or lift up Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is working in your life, you will lift up and you will glorify Jesus. Amen. And number five, he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. In other words, he will share with you everything Jesus reveals to him. He's going to share it with you. You know what he is? He's the administrator of God. That's the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 7, he said, in the message, it says, so let me say it again, this truth. It is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 13 says, but when he, but when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed, out of all that I've done and said, he will honor me and he will take from me, listen, and deliver it to you. Come on, how many of you want peace? How many of you want joy? How many of you want kindness and goodness? How many of you need a little more love in your life? Come on. The Holy Spirit's job is to put all of that in your life. Amen? That's the job of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus told the disciples, it's to your advantage that I go away. What is the advantage? He will help you, comfort you, intercede for you. He will take from Jesus and deliver it to you. Amen? 
And so in John 14 and 16, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Amen. Jesus says, listen, whenever I am crucified, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to be with you. And so this is what I believe. When he says it's to your advantage, when Jesus was walking on the earth, whenever he was hanging out with the disciples in Jerusalem, then he wasn't in other parts of the world. But whenever he was crucified and his spirit came, his spirit is now with everyone. Now think about this. Whenever you get in your car to drive home, Jesus is with you. Whenever you lay your head on the pillow tonight, Jesus is with you. When you get in your car to go to work tomorrow, Jesus is with you. Why? Because he lives in you. Jesus said, it's important that I go away, that the helper will come and be with you. Amen. Now, if Jesus is in you, why in the world would you not pay attention to the Holy Spirit that is in you when the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Godhead? Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? See, so if I was the devil, I would try to downplay and I would try to make light of the Holy Spirit. I would try not to make it front and center of the church because as long as the helper, the comforter, the advocate is not working in people's lives, then they're going to be limited in where they can go and what they can do. Amen? And so it's not that we don't have the Holy Spirit, but you can neglect the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit. You can just cause the Holy Spirit to be dormant in your life, or you can you can stir up the Spirit in you, and you can be filled with the Spirit. And that's what I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters. We need to be Spirit-filled believers. Amen? Come on, to be filled with the Spirit is not be filled one time. It's every day be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's day by day, moment by moment. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's where the victory is. That's where you overcome right there. Amen. And by the way, that's what keeps you your eyes off of other people. And that's what keeps you out of sin. And that's what keeps you out of adultery. And that's what keeps you out of idolatry and fornication and every other thing. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, if you agree with that, come on and help me and just say, Amen. Amen. If you think about it, the role of the Holy Spirit is to make it possible for every believer to have Jesus live on the inside of them. The advantage of Jesus dying on the cross is so every one of us can have Jesus with us wherever we go. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan, he said. And so when you think about it, you don't ever have to feel like you're alone. The devil wants to make you feel alone and by yourself and nobody cares. But I'm telling you, the role of the Holy Spirit is to make sure that you know you're not alone. You're not an orphan. You are not parentless. He says, I'm going to be your parent. I'm going to be your mama. I'm going to be your daddy. I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your guardian and I'm going to take care of you. Amen. Once we truly understand the role of the Holy Spirit, his job is to help us, comfort us, strengthen us, teach us, give us the Father's blessing. By, and fill us more with Jesus. Amen. The second way to deepen your relationship with the Holy Spirit is we have to understand the personality of the Holy Spirit. 
You know, you, we have to remember this, that the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's a he. Right? In fact, l- let, me, let me read this verse, John 16, 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and disclose it to you. Notice the Holy Spirit speaks. Notice the Holy Spirit hears. In John 16, 7, it says, I'll tell you the truth is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. you. You catching this? See, sometimes we think like, you know, like the spirit is like, you know, we don't like spirits. You know, we grew up, oh, there was a spirit. You know, we, oh, you, I, I, I think I heard something fall in the house. There's a spirit in my house. And we, we come into Christianity and we treat the Holy Spirit like he's something evil. And we're afraid to embrace and, uh, and we don't know how to relate and to connect. Well, listen, it's a person. The, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is a person, not an id. The Holy Spirit is God. Come on, are y'all hearing me? The Holy Spirit is God. He is the third person. And so to deepen your fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you have to understand the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a mind and a will. Look in Acts 15, 28. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. The Holy Spirit can be lied to in Acts 5.3. But Peter said in Ananias, who, who has Satan filled or why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You know, saints, listen, how many of you know the Lord sees everything? I mean, he knows everything, right? And so we can't be li- like we can't say, no, I'm good. The Holy Spirit knows if you're good or not. I said, oh, no, no, I don't have any problem. Well, the Holy Spirit knows if you got a problem. How many of you know that? You can't lie to the Holy Spirit, right? And so Ananias learned a hard way, right? The Holy Spirit strengthens and encourages. In Acts 9.31, when the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed time of peace, he was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And they grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. I've already said this, but the Holy Spirit speaks. Acts 13, 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed hands on them and they sent them away off. You know, Tanya and I, uh, or I was, uh, me and my granddaughter Penelope, we went to run errands this uh, this weekend, I think, or last week. And I I went to pick up something and the guy recognized me and I had a Family Life shirt on. And... Um, and he said, hey, how's family life going? I said, good. I just kind of looked at me, and he knew me. He'd been here before. But uh, he, so we were just talking about different things. And uh, he knew Pastor Brad, Brad's sons, those of you that knew Pastor Brad. And he said, um, he said I, I knew Pastor Brad. I said, oh, man, I miss that guy. He was a great friend and all that. And um, he said, yeah, he was a great friend of me, too. He said, in fact, he saved my life. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, um, I was, um, I, I went through a divorce and I was very, very depressed. 
And I became suicidal. And I'm a licensed minister, and I know better than that. But he said, I was just in a low, low spot. And he said, I'd actually loaded my gun. And I got a call from Pastor Brad. And he said, hey, man, the Lord laid you on my heart. And I'm just reaching out to you to just see how you're doing. And Pastor Brad talked him off the ledge. And he said, that man saved my life. Now, listen, the point of that whole story was Pastor Brad heard the Holy Spirit say, call that man. So let me ask you a question. When is the last time the Holy Spirit spoke to you? You see, you don't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit until you learn how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You don't know the mind of the Holy Spirit and the will of the Holy Spirit until you become intimately acquainted with the Holy Spirit. You see, in a lot of us, we have, it's almost like we have a, we have a, 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 a roommate relationship with the Lord when He's saying, Oh no, that's not what I'm after. You're the bride. You're the bride of Christ. And I'm the groom. I want to have a relationship. And I tell you how you can have that when you learn how to commune with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Come on. Are you encouraged tonight? You need to deepen your relationship with the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit has emotions. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for redemption. The personality of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know it's gentle? And it's not aggressive. And it's not forceful. In other words, the Holy Spirit's not going to twist your arm behind your, your back and say, you know, kneel, worship, lift your hand and to the Lord, you proud man, you. <laughs> he's never going to do that, right? He's just gentle. He's, he's meek. And in fact, remember, um, remember when Jesus was water baptized and, and the Trinity was there, remember? The Father, the Son, was being baptized and the Holy Spirit came. In Mark 1.10, it says, immediately coming up out of the water, he saw heaven opening and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of heaven saying, you are my beloved Son in whom, you, in whom I am well pleased. The, the, the dove was used as an illustration of the temperament of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen a dove? Have you, have you ever paid attention to a dove? The temperament of a dove, they're so, man, they're just, they, they're so soft looking. They're just, and, and they just, you know, they just fly in like, you know, they're not like a, a, a like one of those ravens or a scarecrow. You know, not a dove, you know, none of that stuff, right? But you see the temperament of the dove and, and the Holy Spirit came like a dove. And you know what I've noticed about about the Holy Spirit is to deepen your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have to create an inviting, welcoming environment for the Holy Spirit, just like a dove won't come in an uninviting, welcoming place, right? In fact, the louder it is, the more the, the dove will just stay away. And to deepen your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you have to listen to His voice and try to discern His will and certainly not quench the Holy Spirit. Think about how do, how do we quench the Holy Spirit? Do you think when we speak evil of other people, that's quenching the Holy Spirit? Do you think when we hold offense towards somebody, that's quenching the Holy Spirit? 
Do you think whenever we, uh, whenever we just uh, disregard authority and we just do whatever we want to do, even though our authority says, hey, let's do it this way, and we say we want to do it our own, don't you think that's, that's kind of probably quenching the Holy Spirit? Come on, there's many things in many ways. Whenever we lie, we cheat, we steal, we, we live in, in immorality, don't you think that's always that you can quench the Holy Spirit? Are y'all with me out there? So listen, if we want more of the Spirit of God in us, we have to walk in obedience to God. We have to walk in obedience. We have to cultivate the presence of God. Amen? And the third way, and the final way to deepen our relationship with the Holy Spirit is we have to, we have to deepen our relationship with the Holy Spirit by cultivating our, our people skills. Our, our, we have to develop the skills to deepen our relationship, right? And so, how do you do that? I think one of the ways is you practice surrendering to the Holy Spirit. You know, like, you know, sometimes, like, you know, we just live our Christian life, and the only time we acknowledge the Holy Spirit or pay attention to the Holy Spirit is when we get in a tight place. And then we say, oh, man, I need some help. Uh, Holy Spirit, man, my wife ain't talking to me. Can you help me? But how many of you know that's not cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit? You got to do it on a daily basis. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you deepen your surrender to the Holy Spirit? Here's some thoughts. Learn to be still before the Lord. Learn to be still. I mean, we always got noise going. We got our phones. We got stuff all over the place. But how about just being still, being quiet? And just learning how to surrender. You know, have you ever gone to, uh, to have your teeth cleaned by a hygienist? And, and, uh, you know, this has happened to me. And, and you, you're laying on the chair and they pull out all these instruments. They're going to clean your teeth and they're all sharp and they got hooks to them and all that. And you're in the chair and you got your mouth wide open and, and they start, start digging in your mouth. And, and I remember, you know, this lady said, uh, Todd, are you okay? I said, yeah. So okay, she keeps cleaning. Are you okay? I said, yeah. And then she asked me a third time, are you okay? I said, yeah. And then I, I noticed my knuckles were white. I was holding on to the sides of the chair because what was, I was fearful. I was anticipating pain. I was anticipating get hurt. And so I was in the hygienist chair. I don't know if you've ever had a massage, right? Like you ever had physical therapy. And they, they want to relax your muscles. And, and even in that, you know, like they say, relax. I can't relax your muscles if you're like this. You got to relax. And sometimes when it comes to our relationship with God, we get in the presence of God and we're like this. We're so tense. But how about we be still? Come on. I, I hope this is not too elementary for you. But I want to challenge you to sit in the presence of God. Close your eyes. And be still. I don't care if you have HDDD and ADD and, and WXYZ and all those other things. You got to learn how to be still in the presence of God. Amen. And well, listen what Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. You know what I've noticed? Whenever I'm still before the Lord, all of a sudden I start feeling his peace intensify. 
I feel, I start feeling the weight of the world just starting to leave my body. And I feel the presence of God beginning to grow. Come on, be still and know that I am God. Amen. Amen. Number two, learn to, learn to wait before the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31. They who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. You know, whenever you think about waiting, it's getting in the presence of God and it's trusting in Him and relying on Him and saying, Lord, I need your help. Amen. And again, you know, listen, every day, how many of you need help every day of your life? Like you're not so good that you don't need some help. You don't need some guidance. You don't need some comfort. You don't need some peace in your life. And He says, wait before the Lord and you shall renew your strength. Amen. And I notice when you wait on the Lord, something happens. You're endued with power from on high and you're strengthened. And it doesn't matter how many things are on your plate and what's coming against you. You have a fortification on the inside of you and you just get in the presence of God weak and, and fearful, but you come out of the presence of God feeling strong and full of faith and you're ready not to run from Goliath. You're ready to face Goliath. You're ready to go back hunting with a switch. You're ready to overcome and not get defeated. Amen. But you learn to be still before the Lord and you learn to wait before the Lord. Amen. And you learn to be quiet before the Lord and you listen, Lord, what are you saying to me? Lord, how's my heart? How am I doing, Lord? I need self-awareness, Lord. Am I prideful? Am I arrogant? Even in my spiritual pride, have I come to the place where I think I'm somebody in the house of the Lord? My friend, God doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. We better be careful when we think we've arrived and we start thinking everybody else is below us because you're on the threshold of a great fall in the presence of God. But when you get in the presence of God and he reminds you that you are nothing in my presence and you are just a little bitty ant in my presence, I'm almighty God. I'm king of kings and I'm Lord of lords and you need to submit yourself to me. And when you humble yourself and submit yourself to me, then I can take you and I can lift you up and I can exalt you, and I can use you, and I can empower you, and I can bless your life. Amen. You got to learn how to surrender to the presence of God. Lord, I need you. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Lord, I can't make a difference. Only you can make a difference. Jesus, I need you. Are y'all with me? Number two, you need to spend more time in the Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. Does anybody have a physical Bible? Like, like a real Bible? Renee, can I see your Bible for a minute? All Scripture is God-breathed. Thank you, ma'am. I, I have my iPad. But listen, this book, my friends, contains the presence of God and the Spirit of God. This is the Word of God. This is the authority of God. This is God saying, this is what you need to do. This is what you shouldn't do. This is how you're going to get an advantage in life. This is how you're going to backtrack in life. And if we will submit ourselves to the Word of God, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. What happens is we're fellowshipping with God. And listen, now, just the Word without the Spirit, just a Word without the Spirit, you're going to dry up. You're going to become pharisaical. You're going to be like a, you're going to be a hypocrite. You're going to become like, uh, like the Pharisees and the ones that Jesus rebuked, right? 
But so, so just the word knowledge will puff you up and make you think you're something. But the Spirit will keep you on leave and kill. And the, and the Word is God breathed. So listen, you can know it in your head, but not know it in your heart. It's the Holy Spirit that gets it from your head to your heart. So you don't need just the Word. You need the Word and the Spirit. But when you submit yourself to the Word and you sit down with the Word of God, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you read the Bible? When do, when do you spend time in the Word of God? Because listen, if you've gone a day, a week, a month, a, if you're not putting your nose in the Bible, then you're limiting how Spirit feels you're going to be. Come on, are y'all with me out there? If you want to be spirit-filled, then you need to get your nose in the Bible, stay in this book, and as they say, not Facebook. Come on, and you're going to get spirit-filled because this contains the spirit of the living God. Amen? Amen. But listen, don't just read it for knowledge where you can go tell people everything you know. Read it like you're a student and you want to learn, amen? Like you want to learn how to live your life and you're submitted to the Word of God. Amen. Well, I don't know if you like this. I sure do. I'm, I'm getting blessed by it, amen? And so, come on, let's wrap this up. Ask for more of the influence of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that God's spirit is unlimited? And this is the thing I've been thinking about lately. It's like, man, whenever I see Jesus gave them power and authority to cast out devils and heal the sick. I'm thinking if I have more of the Holy Spirit in me, I'm going to cast out more devils and I'm going to heal more sick. Are y'all with me? Jesus said, you're going to have power and you're going to be my witnesses. I'm going to encourage people to come to Christ if I have more of the Holy Spirit in me. If, I, if, if it's all flesh, it stinks. And nobody's going to be encouraged to follow the Lord if I'm walking around stinking up the room. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, I need some Jesus in me. I need some, I need some godly character in me. Amen. If I'm going to encourage anybody to come to the Lord. Come on, what about you? Are y'all with me? Listen, you can't walk around with your chin up and your chest out acting like you something and think people are going to be wanting to serve the God that you serve. They're going to think, man, they, people can see right through that baloney. If you show up and work and you ugly and you mean to everybody around you. Come on. Come on, are y'all with me? Come on, gang. If we're going to make a difference, we need the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life, and we need the fruit of the Spirit coming out of us. And so we need to ask the Father, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I ain't got enough yet. Come on, how many of you feel that way? I ain't got enough yet, Lord. I ain't got enough yet. Lord, I got some, but I need more. Lord, I got some, but I need more. Lord, I love, but I need to love more. Lord, I need to love the unlovable. I need to love those that tick me off. Amen? Come on, I need more of your love in me right now. Thank you, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me to love. I need peace, Lord. When everybody else is fretting and they're, and they're anxious and they're worried and they're fearful, Lord, I don't want fear to be gripped in my life. I want the peace of God. I need the fruit of peace to operate in my life. I need more. How about you? I need more. Come on, when depression and discouragement wants to come on you. Come on. I don't want to be wrapped up in depression and discouragement and heaviness. I want the joy of the Lord. The Spirit of God will give me the joy of the Lord. The anointing of God will break the, the spirit of depression and discouragement and grief and sorrow. Come on, I need the Spirit of God if I'm going to live an emotional free life. If I'm going to have love and joy and peace and kindness, I need the Holy Spirit. And so 
Lord, I need your Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? Come on. How many of you feel like you need the Holy Spirit? Come on. This is what Jesus said. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Amen. Come on. Listen, God wants to give you a breakthrough in your life. He wants to change the trajectory of your life, but it's the Holy Spirit that'll do it. It's the Holy Spirit that'll change your life. Amen. Come on. Jesus said, it's important that I go because if I don't go away, the helper won't come. But if I go, the helper will come. My friends, the helper has come. The helper is here. Come on, the spirit is here. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. The spirit of God is in this room right now. And I declare right now that the spirit of the Lord is beginning to rule and reign over our lives. And then the last way to deepen your relationship with the Holy Spirit is you got to learn how to worship. I worship you, Lord. I honor you. Come on, Psalm 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Come on, you got to learn how to worship. I'm not talking about having to have the worship team to crank you up. I'm talking about just learning how to just bow your heart and your life before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you in my life like never before. Lord, without you, I am nothing. Lord, unless you help me, I'm going to self-destruct, Lord. Lord, unless you favor me, unless you bless me, Lord, I'll never go forward in my life. Lord Jesus, I love you. I love you. I need you. I worship you. I glorify you, Lord. Come on, can you just help me welcome the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We invite you. I love you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. I glorify you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you do me a favor and just stand right there where you are and just begin to lift your, your heart to the Lord and just begin to worship him right now. Can we, before we go, can we say, Lord, I need to be filled. I need to be spirit filled. Lord, I don't have enough, God. I don't have enough. I need more. Lord, what, what can you do in my life if I get more spirit filled? Lord, if I, you learn how to yield more to you your spirit. What might happen? Lord, I might save somebody from, from killing themselves like, like Pastor Brad did. I might be able to encourage people that are down and out, Lord. I might be able to, Lord, help people come to know Christ. Lord, I might be able to present Christ to, to my co-workers in a way that they've never seen. Lord, if we're spirit-filled, Lord, we're not going to be, Lord, just angry. We're not going to be bitter. Lord, we're not going to be staunch. We're not going to be, Lord, legalistic. We're not going to be critical. We're not going to be judgmental. Lord, we need our hearts softened with your spirit right now. Holy Spirit, we say, come. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us tonight. Fill our hearts tonight. We love you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord Jesus. say, man, I need to be more spirit-filled. I, I just feel, I feel the time. If you're raising your hand, can I just invite you to come just to the altar right now and, 
and just kneel to the altar. Just kneel at the altar. It's just a, it's just a physical sign of moving. You gotta move sometimes. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get out of where you are. You gotta, you gotta put your heart into it. You gotta, you gotta make a conscious decision that Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. You know, sometimes we say, Lord, I want to be more filled. And he says, I want more surrender. I want more obedience. I want more from you. I want you to be serious about this. I want you to be thirsty for me. I want you to be hungry for me. How much do you want it? Are you willing to wake up early to spend time with me? Are you willing to discipline yourself to get in my word and get in my presence? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? Are you willing to lay down your pride and your will and your life and say, Lord, I surrender to you. Father God, I pray for everyone that's here at the altar, Lord. And God, I'm just asking you, Lord, to breathe afresh on them right now. Breathe afresh on them right now. Lord, give them a breakthrough even now, right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the Spirit of God that is moving right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sometimes the very thing that's keeping us from the presence of God is our own condemnation and our own guilt. And come on, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And the Lord says, your past is your past and your bygones are your bygones. I'm a God of mercy. I'm a God of forgiveness. And my mercy is new every day. And my mercy is here right now. You repent, you ask forgiveness, and you move on. I'm not a, I'm not a God that condemns my children when they mess up. I'm a God that loves, that loves unconditionally, that is full of mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and your grace that is in this room right now. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we honor you and we praise you. We worship you.
I just, I just felt as I was just praying for some folks down here, two things I, I wanted to just mention. I think some people that have been raised in church, you've seen, you've seen some bad stuff, some flesh in the middle of God's spirit moving, and it's turned you off. And I don't know who that is, but the Lord wants me to tell you, my son, my daughter, don't allow what humans have done in the flesh to discourage you from the helper that I've sent to you. And I want you to re rekindle those wells. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You need to open up those rivers by faith and begin to let those rivers flow, amen? And then others of you, to get filled with the Spirit is to release control over your life. And you're not used to releasing control of your life. You're used to being in control. And you've learned to be in control maybe because of circumstances. And the Lord wants to break that stronghold off your life so you can be filled with the Spirit. Because sometimes there's a stronghold that stands in the way. Are y'all with me? Come on, any of you feel like that, that word might be for you? If it is, just lift your hands right now. And I just want to pray for you that that stronghold is broken. That Spirit, come on, Jesus said, come on, if a natural father asks for the, for the Spirit, he won't give for bread, he won't give him a snake, will he? In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God for breaking that stronghold right now, for breaking those mindsets, the lies of the evil one that have infiltrated even the church. I pray you break the power of those, those thought patterns and then you set people free tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I remember one time I was on a fast and, and uh, I, somebody asked me to pray for them and they came up for a, like a cold. And as I laid hands on them, they started manifesting. They had some strongholds and they started manifesting. And I was as shocked as they were because that never happened to me before. And I went away and, and this lady actually stayed on, on the floor for, for uh, two services. And I was like, Lord, what in the world was that? And he said, my spirit is unlimited. And what I can do is unlimited. And I realize, man, I operate in my flesh in ministry and I don't accomplish much, but if I can learn how to operate in the spirit, come on, he said, I gave them power and authority to cast out devils and to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Let me ask you a question. Do you think you can cast out devils? Well, if you believe you can, you can. But I promise you this, it's not in your power, it's in his power, amen? You ain't going to cast nothing out. You're going to end up necking and running away like the seven sons of Sceva. Amen? But come on, how many of you think you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? I mean, you parents out there, when your kids get sick, and you can lay hands on them and God will heal them. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on. He gave them power and authority to cast out devils and heal the sick. I want to cast out devils and I want to heal the sick. Now, I'm not looking for no devils, all right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not going looking for devils. But I want to see the power of God move. How about you? I want, I want, not for my benefit or my glory, for his benefit and for his glory. Amen. Listen, if God will set somebody free through your obedience and, and the spirit of God living in you. Come on. Are y'all with me? I mean, if you want to be filled and more filled and more filled and more filled and more filled. Father, I pray right now for every one of us. God, I know everyone in this room 
God, we want to be spirit-filled. But we don't want to have just a, a visitation of your presence. We want a habitation of your presence. We want your spirit to rest on us. And I pray that tonight that we would just be stirred to spend time in your presence, acknowledging your spirit so that we can be more empowered to be the sons and daughters that you've created us to be. It is important that I go. It is to your advantage. Because if I go, the helper will come. And the helper is here. And we thank you for it, Lord. In the mighty and in the strong, in the glorious name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. amen. And amen. 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 Now listen, this is just kind of like just a, a primer. But the work really begins with you and just following through. Amen. God bless you. We love you guys. We're so grateful that y'all are here tonight. You be blessed. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here to pray. If not, be blessed. Have a great week. And ladies, Friday night, don't forget, Thrive Crawfish Ball.